Hey, uh, welcome to the Information Podcast. I'm Tim Nostrand. And I'm Brian Reynolds. And here we are sitting down today with James Richards of QuickScript, the Uber of dermatology. Uh, Uber meets Amazon. Uber uh, <laughs> meets Amazon. Not to sound too cliche, but uh, we have a mix of uh, both of those uh, powerhouses in, in our platform. I uh, couldn't be more excited for our conversation today, so let's just jump right into it. So you uh, you were working in the finance industry during the Great Recession, uh, <laughs> and then you moved into healthcare, and then you were hit with the ACA, Obamacare. What was that like? Wow, that was uh, that was definitely a shock mm. um, for myself as well as for the physicians that I work with um, on a daily basis because a lot of things changed, um, you know, with the ACA. You know, I think the the idea of the ACA was was brilliant. Um, however, in my opinion, the execution could have been a lot better. I still think there's a lot of things uh, that they can work on um, as far as providing more transparency for you know patients with uh, with the pricing of their insurance. Hopefully, um, you know, when regulations open up, I, th- I think uh, I think it's going to get better. I still think it's a work in progress. However, for, for us and, and for the doctors, it created a lot more paperwork, a lot more admin, a lot more headaches. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to take some time uh, to adjust. But I hope, you know, in the future that, uh, you know, things will improve um, and, you know, with different solutions and different technologies that, that can help the doctors, um, you know, in, in their practice. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a policy wonk when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so I love studying the interaction of regulation and business. Now, we definitely have a situation where, like you said, regulation certainly stifles innovation, creates mm-hmm, additional sure. paperwork, creates headaches, and makes things move a little bit slower. But there's also cases where it creates uh, moments of exploitation, little situations that you could take advantage of and entire businesses are formed on the back of this. Yeah, you know, and that's a great point, Brang. Um, you know, with with that and with regulations, I believe it really creates opportunities um, for business like ours in particular, where we can shape um, our technology and innovation around these regulations to really make improvements with some of the um, things that are going on in the industry, whether you know it's more paperwork, more pro- you know whether we're improving the processes, things like that, that can really be an opportunity for businesses that want to um, start into the healthcare space and you know disrupt and, and create innovative solutions. You know how. We talk to startups all the time, you know, who are disrupting the, you know, the car share space. They're disrupting blankets. They're disrupting beanbag chairs. What's it like to be in the healthcare industry so slow to adopt, so full of red tape? It's tough. I mean, it, it, it's a grind. And I think so much capital... Um, 
was deployed into into the healthcare space and I think a lot of yeah. the investors didn't realize how long the sales cycles were. They're a lot longer in the healthcare space for for a multitude of reasons, especially companies that are, you know, tech driven and they're not, you know, um, they don't have relationships with physicians, right? So it's very, very difficult to sell a doctor. It take it, you know, it could take years to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. In healthcare, you know, relationships are are everything. Um, yeah. Working with doctors, so a lot of companies have failed is because you know the sales cycle took a lot longer, and the and the investor, you know, expectations weren't met with with their sales. So, what are some of the problems with the system today for how prescriptions are written? This is something that you know I've seen my doctor somehow get a prescription out to my pharmacy, but I've never really understood what was behind the scenes. Are we still sending faxes? What's going on? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't believe we're talking about this in uh, 2018 where <laughs> where your doctor, you know, is sending. So they send your prescription um, through their EMR, which is electronic medical records, and it's e-prescription that they send to the pharmacy. The pharmacy gets your, you know, gets the prescription from the doctor, right? So you're supposed to go in and bring your insurance information. So there's a lot of friction points once they send the prescription over where patients, you know, sometimes they'll forget their insurance card. They'll bring the wrong card to the pharmacy. Um, When they do bring the right card, the, the pharmacist runs your insurance benefits and there's a prior authorization, right? So that's something that they just need to say, hey, Tim, we need more information of what drugs have you been on mm-hmm. prior yeah. to treat this disease that you came in or this condition um, that you've seen a doctor. And what happens is that initiates um, faxes and phone calls back and forth, right? So obviously we know... <laughs> The doctor's office is, you know, they're busy, right? They're seeing sometimes 40 to 50 patients a day. The pharmacists are busy, right? So for them to coordinate, you know, they're sitting on the phone sometimes for 30 minutes to get up, and that's per patient, right? Right. Plus, you know, when you're sending faxes back and forth, you know, it piles up. And, I don't even know. think I've ever seen a fax machine. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's 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 mind blowing when you think about it. And then you know, you want to get your test results, and they ask you for you know, what's your fax number? I mean, I don't have a fax machine. Sure. So the uh, you know the communication barriers are, are very very prevalent in in this industry, um, and and that's a lot of you know, that's a lot of hurdles for for these physicians. You know, they they want their job is to see the patient and to provide the best care, right? And now instead of worrying about providing the the best care is they're so bogged down with administrative work where it's really putting a hindrance on on the healthcare community. Wow. When you're talking about these communication barriers, we've got a lot of different parties here that need to communicate. You've got the patient, the doctor, the pharmacy, the insurance company. When I see all of these different parties mm-hmm. communicating with one another through you know whatever means they're doing, today, what technology immediately comes to mind is blockchain. Blockchain, blockchain yeah. is a huge opportunity for fulfilling prescriptions. We've seen a lot uh, out there about the way that different companies are using this. How are you using the blockchain? 
So that that's the uh it's the buzzword of uh 2018. Um it's funny you brought that up. I mean, we've been approached to buy different uh companies to actually raise uh raise our round through blockchain, through utility tokens. You know, I, I see a use case in what we're doing is because we essentially we build out three different platforms where they all integrate together, right? So I was actually reading an article today about blockchain and the supply chain for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And the ability to really uh, be counterfeit proof, which is a major problem because there's a lot of drugs out there that are, you know, that are fraudulent being manufactured in different countries and they're very difficult to track. So I, I think a, a really, really good use case for blockchain is um, is in that manufacturing pipeline for, for those companies. As far as what we're doing, you know, we see, we see a use case um, as far as tracking prescriptions um, and delivery to patients as well as protecting uh, data, which is which is key from you yeah. know from security breaches. I, I think we're really you know we're still on the sidelines right now because we want to. Uh, obviously, we talked about regulations earlier. Yeah, and we're not sure you know which way the regulations are going to go. So we're just you know continuing to do our due diligence and uh, and to see what we think is you know is going to shape out with with the regulations. Uh, I mean, we could move on to QuickScript at this point. You know, I'd, I'd love to know specifically what is QuickScript? What does it do? Sure. So, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll give you a little background, a um, little caveat kind of how we even created QuickScript um, to the points that we were talking about earlier is, you know, I've spent the last, you know, eight years in a doctor's office pretty much every day. And over those years, you know, I, I've seen the problems of the prescriptions and the disconnect and the friction points and everything that's associated from the patient side, from the doctor side and the pharmacy side. And it's progressively gotten worse. Mm. And it was about two years ago, um, my my business partner, and he actually got me my first job, we were talking about this problem. And it was like, you know what, why don't we just do something about it? You know, like no one's no one created a solution. It's not getting any better. You know, we, we, we really need to create a solution to to help all stakeholders and bring transparency to healthcare, which you know obviously you both know mm. is very opaque. You know a lot a lot of people don't even understand their their insurance or what does that do, right? When they go to the doctor's office or what does that do when you go and get a prescription and you try to get that filled? You know what is what is that price you're supposed to pay? So we really you know, talked about it for a long time, and we just decided to to dive in, um, you know, head first, and we just started to build out this platform. And yeah, it's about a year and a half, um, we created the first digital marketplace for prescriptions, 
where patients can actually purchase through their insurance. And we deliver within 24 hours, right? So that's the, you know, logistical side from the Uber, right? Because, you know, you get Uber Eats, you get dropped off right. right to your doorstep. And then on the back end, we actually streamline the workflow for the doctor and the pharmacy where we digitize everything. So essentially what we've done is we eliminated the faxes, which is crazy to me that we're even talking about this, and, and the phone calls back and forth where we can transmit all of your information, your insurance, your prior prescriptions that you've been on, those chart notes. We can capture everything digitally, send to the pharmacy in one shot, and we're eliminating all those friction points back and forth. So we create a very seamless process on the back end mm. and really easy and transparent where the, the patient, for the first time, they can actually choose a price and see that full price breakdown mm. through their insurance. Mm -hmm. So something you know very um, innovative that we created, and, and we're really really proud of, of doing so too, is because we're we're bringing price transparency to 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 everyone essentially, mm -hmm. and and that's you know that's the goal is to have that marketplace and to have consumers across the country be able to choose their price for the first time. Big pharma gets a really bad rap, and I, do. I don't really understand why. And a lot of people complain about the high cost of healthcare here in America, but what they don't realize is that the money that we're putting in to our healthcare system funds the research that invents medicines that save lives all across the world. Completely. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's, you know, unfortunate that they get such a bad rap from everybody, from the media, from bloggers, from just everyday lay people, everybody seems to hate big pharma when really they are saving lives. And, you know, their only real crime is expecting a profit from it, which is literally how capitalism works. Exactly. And you made some phenomenal points where, you know, a lot of the innovation in the pharmaceutical space happens in this country, happens in the United States. In other countries essentially are getting these medicines that you know us three right here are sitting at a significantly less price right mm. so essentially we're subsidizing everyone around the world medicine because we're paying this price in the United States and and that's not right and and the other thing is too and you're talking about you know the return on the investment is the tremendous amount of risk to to get a drug to to actually market is is so high. I mean, you know, so many companies fail, spend millions of dollars, years of research, and they end up not passing their phase two test, right? That all you know, all that capital, all that time is is for nothing. So, you know, these companies they do they take on a tremendous amount of risk. Um, to bring these treatments to market that really, you know, change the lives of a lot of patients. I think the hot topic for, you know, big pharma is really, you know, we've obviously seen and heard in the news with, with pricing. And there's a lot that, that goes in the pricing, um, you know, and that's kind of our premise is to really create that transparency for pricing, um, which I think in the long term can really drive down um, the prices of, of pharmaceutical drugs mm. as well as drive down the actual cost of health care. Um, 
because we're able to through our platform um, get patients the medications that sometimes they would not have gotten before. So mm. patients are getting better without having to go back to the doctor. So think about that. I mean, we're, we're we have that ability to direct um, to to drive down these healthcare costs. I just had an idea for how you could get a lot more traction, a lot more views. Uh, In this space, everybody is looking up, do I have cancer? You know? And if that's a perfect Google AdWords for QuickScript, because obviously not everybody has cancer. Yes. But But everybody everybody thinks they have cancer all the time. And I don't see anything but WebMD seems to be the they must be making millions yeah. off of that. <laughs> Doctors that. are not uh, not too keen on WebMD. I'm when, sure when they're, they're not. When their patients come in to, to see them in their doctor's office, they, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know from personal experience, having worked with a couple of people who have worked on WebMD's products, uh, the algorithm that they have behind their symptom checker very naive, the kind of stuff that you would have written in, you know, 80s library software. Yeah. And so I think there really is a big opportunity here for you to sort of cement your image as, you know, a sort of destination for medical information using artificial intelligence to run these kinds of symptom checkers. And so you could start to answer the question in a more intelligent way and not just say, yes, you have cancer every time, but, you know, say, hey, it might be this. You might want to talk to your doctor about these drugs. I could see that being really valuable. And, you know, let us know if you want uh, any kind of connections to AI engineers. We could find some for you. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, for I sure. Also, I... at, at the end of the day here, I think you do have a branding challenge because you're ultimately playing in what is a two-sided marketplace, correct? That's correct, yes. And so the challenge with a two-sided marketplace is you need to position your brand in such a way that it's synonymous with value prop for both sides. Sure. And I think that, you know, cementing your online position and branding yourself as this sort of content expert using characters like this could go a long way uh, towards, you know, achieving that goal. No, that's a great point. And, and I think that's, you know, that is our biggest challenge, right? Is is because of that, it is a two-sided marketplace. And I think initially, you know, our launch strategy is really you know, we have that uh, opportunity to get our physicians on board because of our relationships. So we have a big advantage there. And, and really to work with our physicians and our doctors to get their patients on the product, right? So the two ways right now that the patients are getting on board is is one, through the doctor, by the doctor telling them that, you know, hey, Tim, you know, we have this new application where you know, you get your uh, prescriptions at the lowest possible price and they deliver within 24 hours, you know, is that something that you would be interested in, right? Mm-hmm. And the second way would be for the pharmacies that we partnered with, a lot of times patients, they hate uh, calling and giving their credit card information over the phone, especially, you know, what just happened with me, you know, sure. I would never, ever do that. <laughs> and who, for whoever's listening, you know, please do not give your credit card information over the phone. Um, you know, wait, did you, did you have a wiretap? 
No, 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 I did not. But I mean, just who knows how? Sure. Yeah, who knows what types of things that uh, you know these criminals uh, they they're doing right now? It's pretty pretty wild. The dark web. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, our, our pharmacy partners are able to get the patients that are connected with our doctors on board as well to do the refills. Mm-hmm. So similar to you know what PillPack uh, was doing. Right. It was just sold to Amazon for for a billion dollars, so it's a really big validation uh, for for us uh, yeah. with the market opportunity that that exists out there. Back to brass tacks. Competition. Talk to me about what the competition for QuickScript is. You already mentioned PillPack, and they've recently been in the news with the Amazon acquisition, $1 billion, great comp. What are you looking at when you think of who you're competing with? Sure. So, you know, since there's a lot of stakeholders, right, we have the pharmacy side, the doctor side, and the patient side. You know, GoodRx is one that's been around for for a long time and what they essentially do is they provide a discounted coupon for the consumers but they do not utilize the insurance so let's say a drug costs six hundred dollars and they'll let's say they provide a 20 percent discount right so that's still you know four hundred and eighty dollars that you're paying out of pocket because that's a cash paying price as opposed to utilizing your insurance right where that same drug essentially through our platform with a manufacturer rebate would cost $35. So it kind of gives you the the difference of um, the price differential and you know but they do I mean for a lot of drugs where they're doing a lot of volume the the pricing is very very competitive um, even based on that cash paying and the discount they offer. Another one uh, you know just Primarily, you know, they launched not too long ago in in New York. A lot of marketing, which I'm sure you guys seen, is Capsule. Sure. Pharmacy. I know they have uh, very strong backing. Thrive Capital um, put a lot of money into them. Essentially, what they do is they're a single hub pharmacy with a consumer-facing application where the consumer can purchase their drugs. And I, I think the big difference in the value add that we offer is really, you know, the workflow for the doctor side, and that's something. And we're an open pharma, we're open network of pharmacies as well. Um, a company out of Boston called ZapRx, um, which they raised a lot of money, I believe over forty million dollars. And what they do is they streamline the paperwork uh, for specialty drugs, which makes up about you know, 2% of the overall market. So it just kind of gives you an idea of how big the opportunity is. And um, what they're doing is they're, you know, trying to partner with hospitals and um, different centers that treat rare diseases because they deal in that space, you know, biologic, hep C drugs, cancer drugs. And what they do is they reduce the workflow time where they get the medications faster by digitizing the process. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I think that's you know that's our main competitors in the tech space. Obviously, from a, from the pharmacy side, 
you know, you got the big two, right? You got the CVS and Walgreens, mm. which, you know, I, I say that they're the, uh, they're the taxi industry, mm. right? Or they're, here the, you come. yeah, they're the hotels, right? And we're the Airbnb, we're, we're the Uber, we're, we're the innovative solution. Um, because we, we do have that, we do have that, um, ability to, to essentially work with any mom and pop independent retail pharmacy across the country with our platform. So, you know, we're, um, we're super excited to, to compete in this marketplace for sure. What are some success stats that you can share? Sure. That's, um, it's a great question. So I, I think what we looked at at beta was we talked about a little bit about this earlier where a lot of times patients are not getting their medication, which we call the walkaway rate. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our walkaway rate w- was zero. Oh, wow. So I, I think every prescription that went through our platform, the patient ended up purchasing. Okay. And that has so many different important factors because for one, you know, the manufacturer is um, selling their product to the patients getting their medication, which means they're, you know, hopefully taking it, which we do give them reminders for, for the refills. Right. So Mm. we had that value for compliance and adherence um, for them. And yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it's a big statistic for us as something that was really eye opening. And I think the the second most important was was the time. So when you are in the doctor's office, they write you a prescription. The average time, because of prior authorizations, right, which occur in dermatology, I'd say it's probably like eight out of ten times. Don't quote me on that, but it, it's high um, for a lot of for a lot of patients where they're getting callbacks, they need more information. It's normally 24 to 48 hours is that time. You know, through through our platform, we've, you know, 15 to 90 minutes, the drug's being shipped out. Wow. So, I mean, these these statistics are, are pretty, you know, substantial in, in the ways that we're improving workflow for, for all the stakeholders. So, you know, that's something that, you know, we're really, really proud of. Um, that's amazing. When we, we conduct the beta. Yeah. It's really nice. That's amazing. We actually saw a pitch that you were doing online. I think it might have been from a few years ago. Yeah, and I think you, it was early on. It was, you were, I think it was Jared, yeah. Uh, you were mentioning the uh, difference between generics and name brands and how difficult it can be sometimes to dispense a name brand. Uh, I personally never buy generic medication. I don't buy generic toilet paper. I'm not going to risk it with medication either. And it comes down to an sure. issue of consumer choice. Can you talk about some of those issues? Issues in regarding um, consumer choice that the consumer currently does not have a choice? Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's, just, that's a really, really good point. And that's why, you know, our platform is has the potential to be so powerful is because we are giving the consumer a choice, right? Like you said, me personally as well, you know, if I'm going to buy a Louis Vuitton, I'm going to go in the Louis Vuitton store and and buy Louis Vuitton, I'm not going to go down to Canal Street, right? So it's the same thing um, if I go into a doctor's office and they're writing me a prescription, I want to get a brand. Or, you know, if I um, have a son or daughter someday, I want them to have the same thing, right? However, you know, all patients are not the same. So, you know, we're 
and it comes down sometimes to price. So price is obviously a big factor for a lot of patients where, let's say, you know, the brand is $75 and the generic is, is $10. You know, we're giving them that option to choose. So if that's what's important to them, you know, they can purchase the $10 drug. And to Brang's point, if he wants to get the brand and he wants to spend the money for it, he has that option too. Um, what I will tell you is we, we do work very closely um, with, the, you know, with the manufacturers in regards to utilizing the rebates that they provide for those products, which a lot of times the brand ends up being less expensive than generics. Mm. Um, and this happens a lot in dermatology. Um, so that's something that, you know, with our specialty pharmacy partners, you're actually getting a better price mm. purchasing a brand versus a generic. In that same pitch, we do a lot of research here for our guests. Sure. And in that same pitch, uh, we saw a slide that was labeled revenue opportunities. Okay. And there was a bullet point on there which wasn't mentioned, and it was advertising opportunities. Now, this got my mind going. Now, it's beautiful. I, you know, <laughs> I, I beautiful love mind. ad tech. And okay. I love all of these like little opportunities to find ways to leverage remnant inventory for advertising. And I'm just thinking the pill bottle itself is such an amazing canvas because it's something that somebody looks at every day. And the data you have as a prescriber or, you know, the role that you're taking, you know this person's birth date, so you know their age, you know their gender, you know their location. And the interesting data point you have that nobody else has is what drugs they're using. And so I think that, you know, there's a huge opportunity to sort of use that for targeting. And you mentioned, you know, Amazon as a comp for your company. Even like Amazon style recommendations could oh, be yeah. huge because yeah. oftentimes, you know, drugs come in pairs. There's a lot of uh, co-prescription on certain things. Yeah, I, that's actually a really good point. And I, we didn't even think of that like that advertising like in that sense we thought of it more on along the lines of you have an acne medication skincare line or moisturizing line um you know with that right where let's say we send uh, a sample of a skincare product with the medication and we say hey brang you know what you know at, when you're refilling your medication we give you a 20 percent coupon you know, would text you that if you like it to purchase that. Um, I see that medicate or to purchase that uh, moisturizer that we give you a sample of, things like that. But that you, I mean, you just opened my mind into a whole, uh, a whole new world in, in regards to um, thinking outside the box of pairing other brands with, with these, uh, with these drugs. Well, uh, we've had an excellent conversation here uh, with James Richards uh, from QuickScript. I just want to say I uh, really appreciate you both having me on the show. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure, a lot of fun, and um, you know we look forward to uh, changing um, and improving the world of healthcare. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, James. Uh, And thanks for listening. Cheers. Take care, guys.